0: Sit a spell and learn a spell with Madame Pamita and Magic and the Law of Attraction. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Madame Pamita, and you're listening once again to Magic and the Law of Attraction, the podcast where you'll learn how to transform your life in magical ways to make it the very best that it can be. Welcome to episode 66 of Magic and the Law of Attraction, Kitchen Magic 101. Are you a kitchen witch? You might be a kitchen witch if you know how to make your cooking magical and you also know how to use readily available items to make your magic. In this episode, I'll be talking about this practice and give you some great inspiration to find everyday items in your home and turn them into magical tools and ingredients. I'll even share my list of my top 20 magical herbs that you can probably find right in your cupboard. So come into the kitchen with me and let's make some magic. Before we dive in, do you wanna be a part of my inner circle? Are you a basic witch or a supreme witch? A good witch or a wicked witch? Well, whatever kind of magic maker you are, I want to make magic with you. If you are ready to level up your magical practice, prioritize your spirituality, and have fun making magic with me, then you must be a part of my coven. Join the coven and get access to exclusive perks that you can get nowhere else, including things like um, monthly coven exclusive Q&A called the Spirit Speakeasy, monthly tarot card pulls, a spot in my monthly group spell service, a free on-demand video workshop each month, Patreon-only polls to pick new products, upgraded discounts at the Magical Mystery Marketplace, exclusive flash sale coupons, and so much more. Look at all the connections we can have and the magic that we can make. So join the coven and get started making magic fun again. Simply go to coven.vip to see all the levels and all the perks you can take advantage of throughout each and every month. Just go to patreon.com/madampamita or coven.vip and sign up today. All right. Today we are talking about kitchen magic. Kitchen magic. Well, kitchen magic is magic surrounding the home and in particular surrounding the kitchen. There are practitioners who specialize in kitchen magic, and those practitioners we call kitchen witches or house witches or hearth witches. And these are magical practitioners who focus on the home and food magic, or working with what is readily available in the home. If you can imagine, like in the old days, a witch would have made magic in her home. She would have cooked over her hearth fire. She would have had her cauldron and she would have put herbs in there and made potions and healing remedies and magical brews and all kinds of things. Well, this is the origin of the kitchen witch and this is the origin of kitchen magic. Now, with kitchen magic, um, we have so many things to explore because it's really about taking the things that you already have, taking the tools that you have, the uh, ingredients that you have, and instead of viewing them in the mundane way, you view them in the magical way and you use them in the magical way. What do I mean by that? Well, There are some traditional witch tools. In Wicca, for example, there are witch tools like the cauldron, the athame, which is a knife, uh, the wand, the chalice. These are all tools that are common tools for witches to use in their magical practice. Kitchen witches take it a step further. They look at, instead of having a cauldron that they use just for their magic, they look at what they have and they use in their home and what would correspond to a cauldron. So while most of us don't cook over an open fire in a fireplace with a cauldron, we do cook on our stoves with a pot. And so the things that would be done in a cauldron or the representation of a cauldron would be our cooking pots. The equivalent of the athame or the knife would be a cooking knife. That would be a knife that we use for chopping ingredients and so on. Uh, The wand could be like a wooden spoon or a spatula of some kind. And of course the chalice could be a cup or a bowl or a plate or anything we use to hold the resulting potion or ingredients or food, magical food that we're making. Now, you can, if you're going to think about using or incorporating kitchen magic into your own practice, you don't have to be a kitchen witch to do kitchen magic. Kitchen witches focus on kitchen magic, but you anyone can incorporate kitchen magic into their practice. Now, if you think about these tools that a kitchen magician or a kitchen witch would use, the pot, the knife, the spatula, spoon, cup, bowl, plate, and so on, you can use the ones you already have. Like the ones you use for your everyday cooking could then be viewed as a magical item. Or you could think of this, uh, using it like specifically for magic, meaning you could have a pot that you use only for your magical cooking, and then you have your mundane cooking pot. So it's up to you how you do it. Either have special tools that you use for your magic, or look at all of your kitchen tools as magical tools. Now, when we talk about this, of course, when we talk about the kitchen, the first thing that comes to mind is cooking and food. And so we can start to think about making our foods magical, blessing our foods, using magical ingredients in our foods and so on. And we can create then foods that have an energy to them that is more than just nourishing our body, but nourishing our spirit and providing protection, blessings, um, love, healing, whatever. So, It's a a, a way, it's a concept, it's a conceptual thing, it's a mindset thing, but there's also practical aspects to it. So what do we think when we think of these types of specialties that we would look at in kitchen magic? Well, first and easiest is working with teas to make potions, right? we have potions at the Parlor of Wonders that are drinkable teas. But you can also start to think about your own teas and making your own blends, or finding teas in the store that have ingredients that are magical ingredients. One of the tricks that I often teach people is to look, go to the store and look at the ingredients of the different teas. Now, if you are knowledgeable in herbal magic, then you'll recognize some of those herbs. If you are a beginner when it comes to herbal magic, then what I recommend is buy some teas that you are attracted to because you like the flavor or something like that. And then when you get home, look in your herbal books and see what those ingredients can be used for magically. Now, that doesn't mean that you must make them magical every time or that you must every tea that you ever make is a potion. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. Now, uh, sometimes you may not need the magic that that herb provides. For example, like I have a partner, I'm in a relationship, so I'm not looking to attract a new relationship, but hibiscus is definitely a love herb. And I love hibiscus tea. I don't, use hibiscus tea to attract a new partner, but I might use it, for example, to strengthen my relationship or, you know, take it in a little bit of a different direction. So when you start to look at teas, that's a great way to get started because virtually every ingredient in most drinkable teas has a magical purpose. And you can start to think about how to use these teas for your magic. Now if you want to make it super super easy, of course, you can buy the potions at the Parlor of Wonders. We already have created them with these magical intentions in mind and we list all the ingredients and you can see what those ingredients are and how they can be used in your magical practice. So we did all the work for you. But certainly this isn't hard magic to do, isn't difficult to do. And if you purchase a tea and then bring it home, you can then look in your magical herbal books and find out Um, what those, those teas can be used for. Another thing that we can do when we're thinking about kitchen magic is looking at food ingredients. So now we're starting to expand a little bit more. Of course, herbs that are used in cooking are also magical. And I'm going to be giving you at the end of this um, podcast, I'll be giving you a list of my 20 favorite herbs that are kitchen herbs, herbs that we use for cooking And how they can be used in your magic. So, we're gonna get to that in more detail in a little bit. But other things can also be used in our magic. For example, fruits and vegetables have magical properties and magical qualities. And if you do a little research, you can find out what those are. We have lots of different seasonings like salt and sugar and things like that can also be used in our magic. So, we're gonna talk about all of those more specifically at the end, but start to think about what you can, um, what your current recipes have in them that can support your magic. And then start to think about how you can find recipes that then support an intention, right? Like if you had an intention for bringing a little uh, passion to a relationship, you could look for uh, ginger snaps or cinnamon cookies and make those with that intention. So you could do it either way. Take the recipe and figure out what you can use for it magically, or think about your magical intention, find the herbs, spices, seasonings, and fruits and vegetables that you can use, and then create something from that. You can do it either way. Now, when it comes to um, kitchen magic, we think, of course, primarily about food and cooking, but that's not the only thing that we can classify as kitchen magic, actually. Part of working in, in, the, in kitchen magic and being a kitchen witch is creating a magical space. So if we think of our home as a magical space and specifically our kitchen as a magical space, me, we may want to charge it with some energy or or cleanse it of any negativity before we begin our work or anytime it needs a little freshening up. Now, cleansing, of course, when we cleanse a home, we usually use things like incense or herb bundles, or we might use a spray, or we might use a bell. I mean, there's all kinds of things that we can use for clearing and cleansing. But when we clean a kitchen, we can do those things just like we do in the rest of the house. But I also want you in kitchen magic and a kitchen magic practice to think about your mundane cleaning as magical cleaning. So when you are cleaning the countertop, you could be saying an incantation or saying a spell. You could be using, adding magical ingredients to your cleaning supplies, or you could bless your cleaning supplies. I mean, there's so many things that you can do. So start to think about your mundane kitchen cleaning as a magical practice, and that can be a great part of a kitchen magic practice. Now, another aspect going back to food, Is blessing your food. Now, of course, we can bless our food with intention as we are making it, but even let's say you get some takeout food or you get something that's already pre made from the grocery store, you can bless it before you eat it. Now, this is like that traditional idea of like saying grace, right? People would say grace or blessing before they would have a meal. This is very pervasive in a lot of different spiritual paths. But as a witch or a magical practitioner, you're going to do a different kind of blessing as you bless your food. Um, and I think one of my favorite blessings as we look at our food, whether we prepared it or someone else prepared it, is to think about where this food came from and all of the people that conspired to bring that food to you. Let's take an example of a salad. It's a great example. So we can think about the magical aspects of lettuce. You can look up lettuce in your herbal book and find out what magically it's good for. And then you can also think about Mother Earth that blessed that lettuce plant so that it could grow. You can think and bless think about and bless the people who picked the lettuce for you and these this is what i love to do is to really give intention or give energy to the people who worked very hard to pick those fruits and vegetables that we get to enjoy and bless them we can bless the farmers who own the land we can bless the truck drivers who drove the fruits and vegetables we can bless the people at the grocery store that you know, that put them and displayed them. We can, and checked out our groceries and we can bless the people who made our salad for us. You know, if you were in a restaurant or you got some takeout or something like that, you can bless those people as well. And I think that is such a beautiful, mindful way to really tap into the energy and be grateful for what you are receiving, but also spread that gratitude and blessing to the whole chain of people who conspire to create this salad that is sitting in front of you. Now, you can bless your food for an intention. For example, you could bless that salad to bring more abundance into your life, for example. And then when you eat it, you are taking in that abundance into your body and it's becoming a part of your body as it nourishes your cells. But you can also bless food for someone else. Now, you can do it openly or you can do it In a secretive way. Openly would be like blessing the food for someone to consume and they know about it. So, you know, I bless this food that your body may be healthy and that you may be safe and protected and abundant. That's a beautiful blessing to put on some food before you serve it to someone else and you can say that out loud. However, you can also do some sneaky magic by blessing something um, without people's knowledge, depending on your own ethics, if you feel like that's okay. not, it's up to you. But for example, let's say um, you wanted to get a raise at work. You could make some cookies um, with ingredients that are to make people more, um, make you more popular maybe with people or to make your boss look upon you favorably. And you could give those to the people at work or your boss or somebody else with that intention blessed into the cookies that you brought, for example. That's a little example of that. You can do it with love spells. You could um, imbue uh, food with love energy so that the person that's eating it falls in love with you and so on. I mean, there's lots and lots and lots of sneaky magic that you can do as well when you bless your food. Now, another aspect of kitchen magic is creating altar spaces in your kitchen. This is a lovely way to bring mindfulness, to bring your practice into your daily practice. This is something I advocate all the time is magic shouldn't be a once a month thing or even a once a week thing. It should be a daily thing, not that you're going to take time away from your everyday mundane tasks, but that you're going to take your mundane tasks and make them magical. So another way to do that is to create an altar in your kitchen. You can have an altar and no one needs to know it's an altar, right? You know, it's an altar, but no one else needs to know you could have a dish of salt for protection on that altar. You could use a pepper grinder, which can be used for protection and, and, Uh, getting rid of anything negative. You could have a mortar and a pestle, which is used for cooking and have that be a magical tool uh, for transformation and change and creating um, change to your will. I mean, that is like really a powerful, magical tool. Um, You could add more Typical things like crystals and candles to your altar if you like. Um, You could have an image of a special deity if you would like that, or your ancestors, something that represents your ancestors or your guides or your deities. Um, You can also have those herbs that we're going to be talking about soon. Those can be part of your magical display or part of your altar as well. And you can choose, maybe you choose the herb um, spices, you know, the spices that are, um, representative of the kind of magic that you're working on and leave those out on the altar as well. So that's a lovely way to bring that magic into your kitchen. Now, one of the things that we haven't talked about when I say kitchen, witch, um, you guys who are involved in magic will probably think of a human being, performing magic in a kitchen. But there is something called a kitchen witch, which is a little poppet. So it's these are sometimes called cottage witches. They're sometimes called kitchen witches. But these are little poppets that are usually, they look like a witch. Sometimes they're on a broom. They're like a crone figure. And they're usually put in a kitchen as a good luck charm and to drive away negativity. These kitchen witches um, were either developed in Scandinavia or Germany. We're not sure where they originated, but they certainly go back hundreds and hundreds of years as a charm to protect the home. And so you might see this if you if you practice north northern magic of any kind. This is probably part of your practice, or you've seen these, or you might see these. Um, you know, just around in souvenir shops and things like that. We see these. Um, cute little kitchen, which is what our little poppet. So you might want to bring that into your kitchen as well as just a little talisman, not only uh, kind of like a little bit like the altar to remind you that you're making magic in there, but also as a special tool to keep your kitchen safe, protected and um, magical, you know, to bring that magic in. Now, speaking of bringing that poppet that's there for safety and protection and all of that, we also have house spirits. And you've heard me talk about house spirits. If you've listened to my podcast, Bobby Yaga's Magic, there's one episode where I talk about the domovic, which is the Slavic house spirit. So house spirits also are attracted to the kitchen energy. A lot of them are fire spirits or related to fire in that also relates to the kitchen. You depending on your tradition or that your practice or your heritage, you might have like a house elf or you might call it a spirit of the house or spirit of the kitchen. You might have piskies or pixies or fay folk or the Domovic and so on. These are little spirits in the house, and you might want to make friends with them. You could have an altar where you leave them offerings or you just honor them. We have a Domovic candle, which is this cute little guy. He's adorable. You could use that as a figurine on that altar, or you could burn the candle to as, a, as an offering to the Domovic or to invite a Domovic or a house spirit or kitchen spirit into your home, and that would be a lovely way to work. Now, another way that you can bring, that you can do kitchen magic is by having live herbs in the kitchen. So if you go, I know here in, in California, we have Trader Joe's and Trader Joe's often has like basil plants and rosemary plants and thyme plants, oregano, and these little herbs in little pots that you can bring into your home. And this is also a really, really lovely way, not only to get into um blessings and the, what the blessings that those herbs bring and bring them into your home, but also to connect very deeply with the spirit of the plant and, you know, working with plant energy and working with the spirit of the plant is such a powerful practice. I love working. I'm like, all of a sudden i become a green witch and I'm like so obsessed with plants, but it's like, it is such a deep practice that you, you just go down a rabbit hole and there's just more and more and more. And it's so much fun to, to explore and discover. So you can get some of those potted plants, grow them from seed. I mean, it's very magical to grow them from seed or you can get the potted plants herb plants in your grocery store or at your nursery. And bring those into your home as part of your kitchen magic. It's a lovely, lovely way to work with the spirit of the plant, to have a plant familiar and to work in a way that um, really connects very deeply with that living plant. Plus you can use the, uh, you know, you put energy into that plant when you help it to grow and you work with it. And then when you, ask the plant, if you may take a little branch to season your food, you're actually very much empowering your food because you have, your energy is in that plant from the care that you've given that plant. So it's very um, different than a dried herb. I mean, I think dried herbs are amazing. They're convenient. They're easy, but there's something very special about working with live plants. And so um, these special herbs that you can use in your cooking are wonderful. And so I encourage you to bring that into your practice as well. Now, when we think about herbs and plants and using them in our cooking, it is in the kitchen for sure. You can have those house plants, but you could also have a garden that you use where you grow uh, fruits and vegetables um, that you grow herbs and that you use those in your cooking it's a very very beautiful practice so whether you have you know an apartment with a little window box or just potted plants on the windowsill or you have a big garden that you've been you know cooking uh, cooking that you've been planting in and working with um, either way you've got a wonderful wonderful resource for your kitchen magic Now, we think about food when we think about kitchen magic, absolutely. I mean, that's what we've really been focusing on primarily. But kitchen magic is not just about food only. We can make crafts in our kitchen, such as you know making beauty supplies, um, lotions, potions, oils, soaps, things like that can be made in the kitchen. That can be part of our kitchen magic practice. We can also make cleansing supplies. So there we have a complete loop. So if you you know, research online how to make you know a kitchen um, kitchen spray for you know cleaning your countertops, and you add vinegar, and you add you can add some essential oils, and you can add all these other things. It then becomes something that you put your energy in as you make it, and then you also cycle through that energy again when you use it to clean your kitchen and you're really adding some extra energy there. So I think about all these other things that can be made in the kitchen that are not food items that can be a really wonderful part of your kitchen magic. Now I would say sibling of kitchen magic maybe, is supermarket magic. I call it supermarket magic. I don't think anyone else calls it that. It's not a known thing. I mean, I just came up with that. Um, So supermarket magic to me is when you start to look for things that you can use in your magical practice, but you find them at, you know, these easily obtainable items that we can get at like a grocery store or at a big box store or variety store. We can get these items that are mundane items, but we can turn them into magical items or magical ingredients. So I encourage you to look through your grocery or variety store or big box store and see what you can use in your magic as you go down the aisles while you're shopping. Start thinking about, oh, is there anything here that I could use in my magic? That can be things like of course, like herbs, salts, teas, those are the obvious ones. But what about things like soaps and cleansers? We have some soaps and cleansers that you can get at a variety store that have um, natural ingredients. An example of that is you could get like a rosewater spray And you can use that rose water spray for your skin, but you could also spray it around your house to bring in loving energy. Or you could get a lavender, like, you know, the dish soap that has um, different essential oils in it, like Mrs. Myers, I think, does and Method does. They have these essential oils in them. So if they have essential oils in them, they can be imbued with magic. So if you had like a lavender essential oil soap, you could um, dish soap, you could use that for bringing peace and love into the home. You know, there's a good example. When you're at the store, you can look for things like containers that you can use in your magic, string, twine, ribbon, yarn. I mean, there's so many things. Craft stores are also really great for this as well. So start thinking about when you're shopping for your mundane things, finding things that can be used in your magic as well. Now, in a minute, I'm going to tell you about my 20 favorite kitchen magic herbs. But before I do that, I want to tell you about the Magical Mystery Marketplace. There is a fun new event coming your way every Sunday. It's called the Magical Mystery Marketplace. And it's a little bit of a fun hangout, a little bit magical education, and a whole lot of witchy QVC. Every week I pick a special topic and then feature some of the amazing products that we have at the Parlor of Wonders and show you how to use them in your magical practice. Every week, it's a surprise as to what the spotlight items are going to be. And for everyone watching, there's a flash sale on the featured products. You'll not only have fun hanging out and chatting with us as we're doing this, but you'll save money too. And if you purchase any of the spotlighted items during the live stream, you're eligible for the raffle we have at the end. And we will be giving away one of the spotlighted items to one lucky person each and every week. And if you're a member of the coven, you get an additional discount and an additional entry into the giveaway. If you want to find out how to be a member of the Coven, of course, you can just go to coven.vip and sign up. It takes place every Sunday except the first Sunday of the month at 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can watch it over YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. Just subscribe to Madam Pamita on any of those socials on your favorite social account and click the notifications bell so you get notified when we go live. I'll see you at the Magical Mystery Marketplace. All right, so here are my top 20 herbs that are in your cupboard and what they can be used for. First, we have allspice. Allspice can be used for money spells and happiness spells. Basil can be used for love, protection, and prosperity. Bay leaves can be used for victory. Black pepper can be used to drive out evil. Cardamom can be used for passion and love. Chamomile can be used for money spells. Cinnamon can be used to heat up love and luck. Clove can be used in spells for friendship and stopping gossip. Dill can be used for money spells, love spells, and legal success. Garlic can be used for protection from the evil eye. Ginger can be used for heating up luck, love, and money magic. Honey or sugar can be used for sweetening a person. Marjoram can be used for protection and peace in the home. Mint can be used for protecting your money. Oregano can be used to keep the law away. (laughs) Uh, red pepper can be used for breakup or cursing spells rosemary can be used for love beauty protection time can be used for money magic sage can be used for spells of wisdom or cleansing and salt can be used for purification and protection So start thinking about using these herbs intentionally in your cooking. You can add them to your cooking, to your candle spells, to your baths, to your potions, to your spell bottle, to your charm bag. You can burn them as incense. I mean, these are all herbs that you probably have some of them in your cupboard. So start thinking about using them in your magic. So what if you want to do kitchen magic? So you can start by getting a book of magical herbs and see what plants you already grow or have in your cupboard and start using them in your magic. We have some great books at the Parlor of Wonders that are great books to start with. Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs, Hoodoo Urban Root Magic, Llewellyn's Little Book of Herbs, The Book of Herb Spells, The Magic of Herbs, Herbal Her- Herbal Hoodoo. I'm saying it like too many H's, herbal, herbal hoodoo, um, magical herbalism. I mean, there's just many, many books that you can use. They're all curated by me, chosen by me because they're really good books. Look at the tools that you already have: the pot, the knife, the spoon, the spatula, the cup, the bowl, the plate, and dedicate some of your magic, dedicate some of them to your magic or see them all as magical. When you're shopping, look for mundane items that you can turn into magical items, soaps, teas, and so on. Get some books on magical cooking. We have some great books on magical cooking at the Parlor of Wonders. The Magic of Food, Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Wicca in the Kitchen, Hearth and Home Witchcraft. These are all great books that will start you on the kitchen magic path. Work with your house spirits or your kitchen spirits. Create an altar and, of course, get a kitchen witch pop it and hang it up in your kitchen. Well, that about does it for this episode of Magic and the Law of Attraction. If you would like to get even more info about kitchen magic, then check out the Learn page over at Parlor of Wonders, where you'll find a ton of free resources, including workshops, blog posts, how-to guides, how-to videos, past podcast episodes, and the way to join me live over Zoom for the Magic Q&A Tea Party, where we record this. It takes place every Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Mountain, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. Just go to parlourofwonders.com and click on the Learn tab to see all the goodies there. I want to say thank you to all the Spell Squad members out there who have subscribed to and shared this podcast with your friends. Thank you to the fabulous folks who've left reviews. Thank you to Jill Navarre for production and engineering. We've got to get Manfred Hofer back. He's, on, he's traveling right now. When he gets back, he'll record some announcements for the beginning of this podcast. So he hasn't gone away. He's just away and can't record right now. I wanna say thank you to you for joining me, whether you're here with me live or listening to the podcast. I'm looking forward to next episode when we'll be answering the question, should you join a coven? Well, you know the answer to that already. Until next time, this is Madam Pamita saying, keep making your life the most magical adventure ever.